Welcome to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder. My name is Emil Kalinowski, and we're joined by Steve Van Meter. Steve, you are the the impetus, the instigator of our discussion today. We're going to be talking about the yield curve inversion and why it doesn't matter, at least according to a Fed official. And you said, hey, I'm reading my Wall Street Journal. I'm drinking my coffee and I come across this article. It's a column by Michael S. Derby posted on the 19th of July, 2022. And the title says it all. Derby's take. Fed's Bullard says yield curve signal might not be so ominous. The Fed veteran says the yield curve is twisted by the inflation surge and may not be a recession. So I suppose don't get it twisted. It's going to be the headline of today's show. Steve, I'm going to read out a paragraph here and then you respond and let us know what you think of the paragraph or why you even selected this article, why you wanted to bring it to the audience's attention. For St. Louis, Fed Chief James Bullard, when it comes to the current yield curve inversion, it's a case of this time is different. In a virtual appearance last Friday, the central banker said even though yield curve inversions tend to signal recessions, this one probably is driven by inflation, a less ominous factor. Yeah, it it almost doesn't even make any sense what he's saying, that the inversion has to do with inflation. I mean, that to me is baffling. But why, why did I bring this article up? And it's because the three of us and other people in our space, we talk about and we have history that shows that yield curve inversions precede recessions. Now, that doesn't mean that you can time a recession on it. It just means that, hey, when this happens, tends to be bad news for the economy later on. And so someone listening to us would hear us say that, look at a chart that we might actually show them and say, look, you can see inversion and then recession. And then you have a Fed official like Bullard, pretty powerful guy, pretty important guy, come on and say, ah, this doesn't matter. Even though it has mattered in the past, it's, it's maybe more inverted because of inflation. I don't get that. But nevertheless, why should we be right here? Maybe Bullard is right. And that's why I wanted to bring this up because if there's one person that I go to, when I want the answer, well, it's, of course, our friend Jeff. Jeff, I've got another paragraph here you're going to love. And maybe we'll get to this during the show, but I would appreciate this argument more if it was brought up during the good times. Because you don't hear it then. You don't hear it when the yield curve is looking bright, steep, and the future is optimistic according to the markets. You don't hear Fed officials coming out saying, well, you know, maybe we should be a little bit more hesitant and concerned about the economy. No, it's only these doubts only come out when when something's going against their narrative. Jeff, Steve just said that he turns to you for advice, and we're going to need to turn to you because according to this article, according to Mr. Michael S. Derby, these inversions have an extremely strong, decades-long history of coming before recessions though no one can quite say why that is the case. Voodoo, luck, dice, I don't know. Tea leaves, superstition. I mean, it's just, you think that, that that would be such a vexing question that somebody, you know, the head of an institution with an extremely large budget that employs four or 500 PhD economists 
might at some point want to get to the bottom of that answer, because this kind of sounds important for the Federal Reserve or any institution that's charged with maximum employment, low inflation, whatever the mandates are nowadays, financial stability. They would want to pull apart every last uh, signal, every last data point that says that can help them with their job to say, look, something's going wrong. Here we have a clear signal. It has It's been historically validated. Not only do we want to know what it is, we want to know why it is. And so it's, it's, it's curious from the very beginning that the Federal Reserve and really economics as a whole has just kind of said, inversion, we don't really know what it is. It kind of shows up. It's a pain in our butt. And then we have to, we have to talk about it. I think that, as you're, as you're pointing out to me, I think that in and of itself is quite telling. But they don't really want to dig too far into this yield curve stuff because then we start to get into the real story that's going on here. And that doesn't really paint a good picture, not just about the economy and what the, the markets are perceiving about that, but also how little economics and how little central bankers actually understand the system that they tell us that they understand really well. As to Steve's point, you know, they get on TV whenever something happens and they quite authoritatively say, XYZ is because of this, when in reality, they have very, very little idea about what's happening, why it's happening, let alone being able to predict what's going to happen. Jeff, the euro dollar futures curve inverted in December of 2021. The U.S. Treasury yield curve inverted in, when was it, February or March? March. March 2022, it re-righted itself and now it's inverted again. Tell us, why does this happen? It says right here, no one can quite say why this is the case. Why do these inversions take place before recessions? Tell us mechanically what is happening, the market outlook versus the Fed's stubbornness. Well, euro dollar futures and U.S. treasuries are somewhat different, slightly different, but we can, we can kind of combine them into an overview, which is essentially... You have players out there in the financial system that have massive portfolios that they need to hedge. And they need to hedge against what they think is what's likely to happen in the period ahead. So they're taking in all sorts of information, information we couldn't possibly dream of getting our hands on and then in crunching the numbers and looking at the data and thinking, okay, the Fed says one thing, the stuff we're seeing says maybe something different. I've got trillions upon trillions at risk. We've seen Bear Stearns go under. We've seen Lehman Brothers go under. We can't risk taking going down the same path that they did. So we need to be very certain, as, as certain as we possibly can, about what the near-term future looks like. And if it doesn't look good, we need to do something about it. We can't, we can't just say, oh, uh, we don't really know why things are happening. They start hedging. And if the market starts to hedge and enough of the market starts to hedge, that's when you see these curves start to kink, twist, and eventually invert. When we see a, you know, a yield curve or a euro dollar futures curve that is no longer beautifully upward sloping, it starts to flatten and then inverts, what that is telling us is that a significant portion of these deep markets, these big money players, are concerned about the intermediate or even near term enough that they're hedging in a way that is completely contrary to normalcy or health or what we would expect to find in a good, econ a good economic situation. So inversion really on its most basic level is concern, it's uncertainty, and it's big, big players hedging against what they perceive of as real negative potential. And not just trivial stuff, but really serious risk. 
Steve, I want to read another quote to you from the article, and here Bullard will explain what his thinking is regarding inflation. But you're so good at your, on your show in explaining these concepts to your audience. Technically, I want to explain to the audience what is inverting the long end and the short end. The Fed stubborn pushing up and then the market, as Jeff was saying, hedging. Can you maybe for some new members of the audience who don't know what an inversion is? Right. Emil, you've got it. It is a point where you see the front end or short term treasury yields. In this case, the yield curve is referring to most commonly referred to as a 210. So what we're seeing is two year yields being higher than 10 year yields. And this doesn't make sense to your typical person. Right. Because if I'm going down to my bank, for example, and I was going to look at a CD and, and let's say they had CDs ranging from one to 10 years. Well, if two-year rates on CDs were higher than 10 years, who would buy a 10-year CD? But what Jeff's telling us is, wait a minute, there are people out there that are hedging risk, and this is happening, but when that's what's troubling for investors. It doesn't make logical sense because supply and demand would say, well, if 10-year rates are lower than two, then no one would buy 10s, they'd all start buying twos, and it would just straighten itself out. But that's the issue we're facing is it's telling us something much deeper is going on. And I'll let you uh, continue with the article there. It's this non-economic force. That's what I'm trying to tell the audience. There's this non-economic force, the Fed, who is pushing up interest rates for their reasons, political reasons, and they're pushing up interest rates. Maybe if the Fed didn't exist, there wouldn't be any inversion. The market would be in control of the short term and the long term, and they would fall similarly, and there wouldn't be an inversion. But because the Fed is offering these rates, these alternatives to short-term rates, the market has to respect that because the Fed's offering an alternative. And so it matches somewhat to a good degree what the Fed is offering for their non-economic political reasons, raising rates. While on the long end, the 10-year, the 7-year, the 5-year, whatever it is, that's really, really economic outlook and inflation and that's market-oriented economic reaction. And that's saying, no, what you guys are doing is not going to last. Jeff, uh, did I get it right? You know what I'm trying to say? There's non-economic force. Yeah. And I, Emil, that's an interesting question, isn't it? What if the Fed didn't exist? Would we still have inversion? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And I think that's a really good point to make here is that part of the inversion, a good part of the inversion is the market saying to the Fed, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You've got it all wrong. And that's what and that's one of the reasons, going back to Steve's original point, why they why they keep saying ignore the yield curve, because what the yield curve is really saying, the market is hedging for the Fed to be wrong. And the Fed cannot be wrong, right? Don't fight the Fed. These guys are the best and the brightest. They're, you know, PH, I mean, there's what, four or five hundred PhD economists, most powerful econometric models in the world, stochastic. You know, uh, very sophisticated uh, modeling and all that other stuff. So a lot of it, this is pure ego and emotion. And a lot of it is part of uh, is, uh, the Fed's operating model depends upon it playing this role of the Wizard of Oz. And you can't have this gigantic market pulling back the curtain and exposing the, the doddering old fool behind the, behind the curtain, uh, you know, trying to make it seem like it's in control of everything. So part of the yield curve, the argument against the yield curve that the Fed is certainly making is just because how it exposes the corruption at the at a very basic and fundamental level. And I think that's the interesting part. And then you, 
You look at the rest of the short-term part of the yield curve that isn't, you know, right now the four-week T-bill. Remember, the RRP today is set because we had the 75 basis point rate hike that was announced yesterday. Today is Thursday. What's the date? The 28th. So today the new RRP is effective at 2.3%. And here we have the four-week T-bill trading down around 2.07. We have the eight-week bill about 220 the three-month bill is, last I checked, below RRP itself. So the front end of the curve is as wonky and as contradictory to the Fed as the long end of the curve is. So you've got, you've got the Fed kind of boxed into this very narrow slice that is causing all sorts of distortions because the market, as you're pointing out, Emil, the market is basically saying, you guys are all wrong about this stuff. Well, Mr. Buller thinks that the market is all wrong about this stuff. Steve, here's what he says, quote, in this case, Mr. Bullard said the massive surge in inflation the central bank is trying to counter with an extremely aggressive rate rise campaign is the force that's distorting yields. Mr. Bullard said the curve is positioned the way it is because bond traders have priced in a big drop in inflation as a result of aggressive Fed action, quote, I think the reading of the yield curve inversion is different in this circumstance than it would be if inflation was just at 2% and expected to be at 2%. And then we got a yield curve inversion, Mr. Bullard said. In that set of circumstances, quote, I would take an inversion as a more serious signal of future recession, he said. Instead, market yields actually reflect some confidence the central bank will eventually lower price pressures the official said. Well, it's, it's interesting because if, and we'll, we'll use one of Jeff's favorite phrases, monetary inflation going on here, if there was actually money printing, well, yeah, then we would expect perhaps the Fed to do something to fix the problem of inflation. But when you have what is very clearly supply chain inflation, you know, as Jeff says and, and writes in his daily briefs, you can, the monetary policy cannot pull more oil out of the ground. It cannot build more cars, cannot produce more semiconductors. These things don't happen as a result. The market isn't, as you know, Bullard is suggesting, saying confidence in the Fed. They're saying, no, you are idiots. You are going to drive the entire economy into a recession because you don't understand where the problem is. And so you're going to reduce uh, demand back so much, or at least that's your goal, that you're going to crash the system. And so all of you're seeing from an investment standpoint, from these you know, big hedgers, these big money managers, is they're calling the Fed's bluff. And so what people should look at here is what happens following curve inversions? Do we see yields rise? Well, we see the curve rise, which again, from you know, stepping back a few steps, you would think, oh, well, that has to mean yields are rising. No, it means that two-year yields are falling faster than 10-year. And that is key because if you look at two-year yields in the federal funds rate, you see a strong correlationship. Uh, correlation. There's a strong relationship. So what the market's effectively telling everyone right now in a big, huge way, and they're screaming it at the top of their lungs, the Fed's wrong and they're going to pivot. But that's what Jeff's been saying for quite a while now. That's what uh, Eurodollar futures curve has been saying since December. So that's how investors should look at this. Not that the Fed's right, that the Fed's making a huge mistake here. That's my favorite part. The explanation is not that we're making a mistake, but the market understands how powerful we are, how beautiful we are, 
how great we are at our job. That's why it's inverted, because we're going to cause CPI rates to fall. Remarkable. Remarkable. But maybe that's my bias, because I don't believe central banks are central. So, all right. Well, good people can disagree. Jeff, the next section, a couple of sections, they're going to be referencing one of the studies that we recently reviewed where the Fed said, now nah, you don't really have to look at the yield curve. And then they're going to bring up another study that I don't think we reviewed yet. Okay, let me address that very first one quote. For some time, Fed officials have been seeking to knock down the recessionary message posed by the spread between the two-year and 10-year treasuries. Recent Fed research has argued that the relationships between shorter-term treasury securities are a better harbinger of future economic activity. And by that measure, the yield curve isn't signaling trouble. Earlier this year, Fed leader Jerome Powell pointed to that paper as one factor underpinning his belief that tighter monetary policy wouldn't create a downturn. Yeah, that's the earlier study that we, yeah, I think we did talk about that where it said, if the yield curve inverts at the long end, don't pay attention to it. Only pay attention to it when the yield curve inverts at the short end, because then that tells you it's a better, more clear signal, a more concise signal of recession. And I would agree with that, except for one thing. The yield curve inverts at the long end, predicts the yield curve going to invert at the short end, which then predicts the recession. So why would you ignore the first warning in order to focus entirely on the second warning? Now, their argument was because that when the long end of the yield curve inverts first, it's not necessarily the case the short end will invert because they believe, they assume this all-powerful, all-knowing central bank institution can do something between the long end inversion and the short end inversion that will stop the recession from happening. When that has never happened before because the Fed isn't an all-powerful institution. So maybe we should look at the long end inversion first because it's going to tell us we're on the path to short end inversion and recession. Uh, So let's not put our faith in Jay Powell and the Fed as the market clearly is not doing. That's another thing, you know, going back to what we just said, You know, the market isn't saying the Fed is going to be right and going to fix the inflation problem, because if it was, we would see the euro dollar futures curve look a lot more like the dot plots. It would go up and then it would go gently down into 2024 and beyond. What the euro dollar futures curve is saying is that long end inversion is going to lead to short end inversion, which is going to lead in recession this year in all probabilities, which is far, far sooner than any rate hikes could ever, ever hope. If they, assuming they were any way effective at all, there's no way rate hikes would fix the inflation problem by this year. So if the Fed is going to pivot this year, as the market thinks, it's because, as Steve said, and as you said, Emil, the market is hedging for the Fed being wrong about everything. And if you're just waiting for the short end of the yield curve invert to be your signal, you're missing out on all this wealth of information that has been telling you for months and months and months about the probabilities of what's going to happen. And as we go further on into 2022, those things keep happening. It's not like, you know, you know, today we've got GDP, two quarters in a row of negative GDP. Who cares if it's a technical recession? That kind of economic weakness associated with it, whether it's a recession or not, is something the curves have been warning about for a very, very long time. So if you're just going to put it all in a box or in the closet and not, not worry about it until the short end, show, the short end version shows up, That's too late. You're doing yourself a huge disservice. Steve, last week, did you do anything fun, interesting, go outside, 
anything meaningful like that? Yes, a few times I did. Okay, well then I won't ask you this question because it says here a Fed paper last week. So I'm guessing you didn't read it, but our audience knows that Jeff does not go outside. He stays inside. He reads Fed papers for entertainment purposes. So Jeff, I'm going to turn this one to you then. Maybe you've read it. A Fed paper last week said rate rises do increase the chance of a downturn, but it's not inevitable. The paper's baseline scenario predicts rising real rates and a 35% recession probability by the end of 2023. And I'll just add parenthetically, that's sooner than The Economist, which two or three weeks ago said, ah, maybe in 2024. <laughs> but they added, if the <laughs> Fed raises rates more aggressively than they now expect, quote, inflation declines more rapidly than in the baseline case, at the cost of a higher downside risk of economic activity, as the one-year-ahead recession probability approaches 60% by the end of 2023. Jeff, just what? We'll come back in a year and see where we are? Yeah, exactly. A year and a half, <laughs> right? Aren't we talking about the end of 2023? Let's just ignore everything that's happening and just be fat, dumb, fat, dumb and happy about... Uh, Hey, everything will be everything will be fine if we just put our faith in the Fed's rate hikes. Now, I didn't, I did not read that actual study, but I did see the abstract, <laughs> and I, I kind of put Steve? it aside because it seemed like a waste of my time. <laughs> because he, even I'm, you know, I, I do spend my time reading these kinds of things. I do find them somewhat interesting. I do like to see what their methodology is because a lot of times, for me, that's entertaining. How they have to the, the tortuous logic that's used, how they have to bend over backwards to continue to keep the Fed at the center of everything, to make rate hikes as this big, all-powerful, that kind of, I, I do find that entertaining, but I did not read this particular study. But as you said, Emil, a 35% recession chance by the end of next year. Um, I think what's important about that is that even, even the uh, economists and mainstream, uh, mainstream academics can sense that there's more going wrong than right. Even if they don't know what it is, even if they even if they want to say it's the Fed and the Fed's causing recession, I think that's certainly a, a significant enough takeaway because even the mainstream cheerleaders who are predisposed to be as optimistic as they possibly can have become a little bit pessimistic, a little bit more pessimistic than they were last year. Because go back six months, was anybody talking, other, anybody other than us, was anybody else outside of the yield curve community talking about recession? No, they were all talking about inflation as if the, the CPI represented a red hot economy that would stay red hot for a prolonged period of time. So there's already a shift in the mainstream academic narrative that is a significant enough sign of it of, in and of itself. Actually, I was saying that The Economist, the magazine, was being more conservative than the Fed. About two, three weeks ago, they had a, a, an editorial and they said, yeah, recession, maybe. In 2024, that was two to three weeks ago. This morning, the 28th of July, I saw an email. I haven't read it yet, but it said uh, recession risks. Recession may be good because it will lead to green energy and something else or whatever it is. But so I think maybe they've now even they've updated. They've moved it forward past 2024. Steve, final word from you. Great, great article. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. Any final thoughts? Yes. Well, in this case, I always like to look to the uh, great economist, Dr. Milton Friedman. And if we look at the yield curve, what happens after that is yields falls. We've talked about 
And if we look at Milton Friedman's research, he said that periods of low or falling interest rates indicate that monetary policy is too tight. Well, the market is just simply looking at the research. Apparently, as Jeff said, the Fed can't figure out with their fleet of PhD economists and saying that the Fed is making a mistake here. And we're going to see not only recession, but what follows yield curve inversions is very interesting is a consumer price index. Well, on a year-over-year rate change, it comes way back down. So the Fed's going to get what they want, just not the way they're hoping to get it.